This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl Vandermerva. And today in episode 92, I have a guest with me, Peggy Ployer, who's going to be talking to us about the role of tech with special needs students. Welcome, Peggy. Thank you, Meryl, for having me. I'm glad to be here. Right, so Peggy is the founder and CEO of SPED Homeschool. You may have um, seen this uh, around. In fact, um, show host, sponsor, Funda Funda Academy is actually one of their partners. And if you go on our website, you will see a pretty little um, icon of a, a school on our right, in our right border, and you can connect them through that. Uh, Peggy, would you like to tell us how you got started homeschooling and what led you to start SPED? Sure. Yeah. And it's funny you talk about that logo. My, my youngest daughter actually designed that. <laughs> so oh. it's funny to see that people are recognizing it now all over the world. <laughs> um, she made that when she was 12. But wow. um, yeah, so our homeschooling started when my oldest of three children was diagnosed on the autism spectrum. I, um, I swore to my husband that we would never homeschool. I looked into it when my, my oldest was probably two or three. Some people had invited me to a homeschool conference and I came home and said, I will never do that. (laughs) They will all go to private school. And yet lo and behold, here I ended up homeschooling because there was really no place where my son fit that he was very gifted, yet he struggled socially. And we just really needed to create an environment that allowed him to, to to build on his strengths and yet continue to work on the things that he struggled with. And so we've just been homeschooling now. We just are starting our 18th year and um, still loving it. I've graduated too, and I'm still homeschooling my youngest who is now almost 16. Wow. Um, and then as far as bed homeschool, um, I, after a few years of, of um, homeschooling my own children that struggled, I, um, just really felt a passion to start mentoring other moms. I had actually worked with um, Mops International as um, doing leadership training over a three-state area of Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota, and that's always been a passion of mine. And so I uh, was hired then by our state organization to start working with parents in Minnesota when we lived there and worked at, in starting up their special needs department. And then when we moved to Texas, I actually started the special needs department for the Texas Homeschool Coalition. And so I've been a homeschooling consultant um, through state organizations for 15 years. And um, it just sped homeschool kind of grew out of the passion that I can answer the same question over and over again as a consultant with these parents, or we can create a solution where parents can go to a one-stop hub and find what they're looking for. And there's so many good things that are out there and parents kind of feel like, well, this person did it this way, so I'm going to copy them and then it doesn't work. And so they go on to something else. And yet every family solution for teaching a child who struggles is unique but having quality materials is mm-hmm. the key and, and using them to fit your family's needs best and your students' needs. 
Now, I just want to remind you listeners out there that I will have links to anything um, Peggy mentions, particularly, obviously, to SPED Homeschool. So you can find those in the show notes, which are at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. And um, I also just want to say that quite a few people, as you've been joining my Facebook group, remember we have a podcast Facebook group, the Homeschooling with Technology community. I always ask, what would you like to hear on the show? And quite a number of you have actually told me you wanted to know about tech and special needs. So that's what Peggy is going to be helping us with here today. And what she's going to tell you might not be what you're expecting. Um, so Peggy, let's just get into it then. Um, how do you think uh, parents should be using tech when they're homeschooling a special needs student? Yeah, I am going to take a different angle on this because when you sent um, us a request for somebody to, to be a guest on your your podcast, I looked to the rest of my team and said, okay, you all have younger children. What do you use? And nobody responded back to me. And I thought, okay, I'm going to cover this, but I'm going to cover it from a different angle. Because what I have found over the years is that as parents get more busy and homeschooling a child who has these struggling needs, parents try to find this solution and a tech solution where they can just kind of put their kid on there and that'll solve the problem. It's, it really is the same problem as when we had books because we were looking for a curriculum that would solve that problem. And it's kind of elevated it to self as what can I stick my child on so I can do the work that I need to do because a lot of parents are working from home. And, um, and that can be a solution, but the problem is, is it's still going to require work. And um, I think we, we often see tech as a replacement for the work that we need to still do as parents and as teachers. And so that's kind of the angle I'm going to take a little bit, which I know it can be frustrating, but in the end, you'll find that if you approach it from the right way, you can make tech work for you really well, but you can't, you can't elevate it to a point where you're thinking it's going to solve all the problems that you have in your homeschooling world. And right, so I've learned, I've learned this from experience. Yeah. So I'm talking from someone who has failed. <laughs> okay. So now you want to cover for us today four myths. So if you want to go yes. for it, let's get yeah. into it. Okay. Well, the first myth is that if a child loves technology, then they will learn best on technology. Um, I learned this lesson the hard way because I have my oldest two are gamers and they tend to love to play games. And I thought, oh, wonderful. We will teach typing in a game format. Well, <laughs> the problem with learning to type is it's a repetitive thing where a child needs to go over and over again the same thing. And all my children wanted to do was win the game and get done with the program so they didn't have to type anymore. And so, um, so I learned very quickly after they had won the game and still didn't know how to type that we had to go with a different solution. And, and that ended up getting one of those books with the flip pages that they used before I was starting to learn to type and doing the page repetitively over and over again. There, has been, there have been some things that tech worked really well with um, my kids in learning. Um, but, but again, it was those times where it was almost a gaming atmosphere and it wasn't, it didn't line up right with how the subject needed to be taught. Right. So, so that's, so, yeah. Myth number two. Yeah. So myth number two is that if we 
buy an app, if we buy a program, if we buy a curriculum that's online, all I have to do is stick my child in front of it and we're good. Um, <laughs> a lot of children who struggle also have really poor executive functioning skills. That means that they can't keep themselves on track. And sometimes they have a really hard time deciphering how the program's set up, mm -hmm. how um, the the teacher in the program is trying to communicate with them. So a lot of times, especially when you're first getting started in using some sort of tech, you really need to sit down and sit next to that child and make sure they completely understand what's required of them. How can they, they make sure that they get the topic done? If they fail at something, how do they go back and correct it? And make sure that they, they understand all these loopholes. You know, as a programmer, you know that there's, there's mm -hmm. things built in that that help further success in a lot of these programs but a lot of times when kids get frustrated they'll just shut down and shut it off <laughs> and mm -hmm. and that's not what we want the technology to do we want them to, to be encouraged and to know that they can use this this instruction to get better um, and so it takes a lot of, of planning on a parent's side to get a child to the point where they are self-sufficient on technology and oftentimes with kids who struggle it's going to take even longer the benefits will pay off, but you just, it's, you can't do what I, this is my mistake that I did. I used a, a language program, told my kids to do it and found out that they just hadn't been doing it for months. <laughs> yeah, there is a problem with that, even if you don't have special needs children. Right, exactly. <laughs> As somebody who teaches online classes, I will sometimes think, is the parent even realizing that their child hasn't They're done anything? So I think that yes. is generally a, a good principle just for homeschooling in general. Mm -hmm. Just watch what right. your kids are doing. Right, definitely. Yeah, and the third myth is, is very... Um, very relevant to, to children that struggle. As parents, we often see technology as a crutch, that a student, well, they need this program to help them, you know, do text or to speech or speech to text, um, or this, this program will help with their spelling. Well, maybe because of their dyslexia, this is a program that instead of it being a crutch, we need to teach the student to use efficiently so that this can be an assistive technology they can take into their working life and into their normal adult life as something that they need on a continual basis. Too often we just assume that these things need to be ridded out of our students life so that they can function on their own instead of embracing them. And I know a lot of these things are, are embraced now across the board and even for children that don't struggle and even adults. I mean, I use a program to help with my grammar. Um, but, but oftentimes we, as just a parent having a child that struggles, I can have the mindset that my student just needs to get over having this help. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes we need to, to just embrace it. And, and say this is something that they need all the time, like a calculator. A lot of times with a child who has dyscalculia, they just have a troubled, hard, you know, hard time with adding numbers and other things, but they can do higher levels of math. And if we, we hold them back just because they can't add, then we're actually holding them back from progress in, in mm -hmm. other areas of that subject too. And myth number four. And myth number four, this last one is, um, 
it's a mindset I think we're just debunking a little bit more as, as time goes on. Well, especially because we're doing so much online now. But um, there's still this thought that if uh, a child doesn't learn from a textbook or from a very um, book-oriented learning environment, that it's a lesser quality. I know I've used science programs for my kids, all video-based, especially for my, my second child that has dyslexia and auditory processing issues. He can't do audiobooks or read texts, <laughs> but he can function very well when he has a video to, to help with him with understanding. And so those were the types of things that we had to look for to help, help with aiding that. And it didn't mean that there was a lesser quality of instruction. There's even studies out now that say even audiobooks, as well as, you know, if you read a book or listen to a book, your brain interprets it and synthesizes it in the exact same manner. And it requires the same thinking processes. So, um, so if your student needs that, embrace that. Don't say, well, you know, this is, this is what we have to use. It's, it's equivalent. It's an equivalent credit um, for high school if, if they're doing the same amount of work. And, and so many times we, we lessen the quality of these products just because they don't require the intensiveness, their intensive work that we think should be involved um, with them digging into a book and, and doing all the lessons the old-fashioned way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of the reasons why I actually um, got Funder Funder to become um, a partner with SPED was mm. because we started noticing as teachers that I didn't, don't have any personal you know, experience with special needs from my own children. But we did start to see that in, online, that often some of the barriers seem to be removed, that even when I would yes. see like in co-op, that stu a student would study, but I had sort of blended classes. So it'd be an hour in co-op and then the rest they would do with my online students. Mm. And I would see online, they would shine. Yeah. And the frustrations that they'd have in class disappeared. Mm -hmm. And so I started realizing that there were, and so I'll, um, and just here again, just do go and have a look at Funder Funder Academy's uh, products. Um, if you do have a special needs student, most of ours, we try to stick to short videos, um, you know, short games, um, online assignments so that, you know, for those kids who don't have such long attention spans, all that kind mm -hmm. of thing, it should work. But it's definitely not lesser quality. Um, ours, yes. <laughs> ours tend to be on the rigorous side more than anything mm -hmm. else. But the other thing I would just encourage you to do is if you have a special needs child, at the beginning of the year, reach out and tell the teacher if you need any special accommodations. Yes. Because mm -hmm. we will find that sometimes it will be three quarters of the way through the first semester and suddenly a parent will come and say, oh, by the way, our child has this and this and this. And mm -hmm. by that stage, the child is failing and it's just, it's really frustrating for the child, for the teacher. So just right. tell us. Normally, I'd say, parents don't get involved let your kids talk to us if they don't understand something but when it comes to special needs you do still need to be advocating for them i think when they're at school yes it's yep. a time when mm -hmm. just shoot the teacher an email whether it's funder funder or any other online place mm -hmm. tell them what's going on tell them if you need any changes to be made um, you know for instance testing if they need extra time or right. need you to read the mm -hmm. questions or whatever it might be um, a lot of funder funder classes have no tests so that also does help there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that communication is so important. If everybody goes in with the right expectations, you will see much more 
um, right. success. And we are very, very willing. I mean, you just need to tell us what you need, you know, mm-hmm. because we don't all have the training and the experience that, you know, Peggy and those at SPED do. But we are willing to work with you because we understand that this is a real issue and you need us right. to be working with you. Mm-hmm. Um, just before you leave, Peggy, you guys also have a podcast, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, we, um, we have a live broadcast that we turn into a podcast. So we do the live broadcast on Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 Central. And we, I have a guest on, and it's an hour long. You can interact with us. And then the podcast from that Tuesday night broadcast comes out the following Sunday. So we and have where does the live get episodes. streamed? The live gets streamed um, to Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope all at the same time. So you can join us on any of those, those three outlets. If you're not on Facebook, then, then you can join on YouTube. You'll find those links on our website. Right. That... I found that while you were busy mm-hmm. talking, because I remember the back of my mind that you had that. Mm-hmm. So that will all be in the show notes. So I would really encourage you, if you have a special needs um, student, go and um, follow SPED, go look at all their resources and listen to um, Peggy either live or go grab a recording, because I really think this is going to help you in your journey. Uh, Peggy, thank you so much for joining us today. That was really helpful. And I'll see everybody else, same time, same place, next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.